the potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Because <laughs> they raping everybody out here. Should, now, a, should a Jewish I baker think, be required to bake a I Nazi wedding Muslim cake? Millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, how about that? It feels kind of like we're up the creek. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry. I'm the boss. That's how about that? And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. Well, I'm not a crook. If we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Had your kids, had your wife. Whole binders full of, uh, of women. You just gotta keep on paddling. You know, I got talking blood, man. Streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the internet. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. <laughs> Anything? I mean, not a whole lot. Um, you know, just hanging out. Nothing new over here. What about you? Uh, ready for the weather to start cooling off. Mm. See, I'm not a big fan of that. Full mood. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It was uh, like 50 degrees today, man. I was like, no, I don't like this. <laughs> I just. I'm all right with the temperature. It was pretty windy today. Yeah, it calmed down at the end this afternoon. I don't know. I I was in the garage working earlier, <clears throat> and it wasn't too bad. But I don't know. I like the does your uh, does your side by side have a heater? No, but it uh, like the center console that runs. I mean, the engines. You know, rear engine, center console, and there's like the uh, the coolant. There's pipes that run along that that puts yeah. out so much heat. I mean, it's might as well yeah. be a heater. It it will keep you warm. Yeah, because I uh. Well, I get my tags tomorrow. They're they're according, right. according to the tracking. They're supposed to be here tomorrow. So I was moving around the garage. So I, had, I had to go get the camper. We're going camping, uh, taking Thursday, Friday, and well Thursday through Monday off next weekend. Anyway, so I'm gonna go get it tomorrow so we can get things ready for it. And so I had to move the stuff around in the garage because I'm gonna tag the side by side. I'm driving the side by side. I mean, yeah, I might as well. Anyway, long right. story, long story short. Anyway, so I. Uh, I got in it, moved some stuff around, and like let it run for a little bit. And I hopped in, and I was like, "Ah, this thing's like a fucking heater." It, it was nice. I mean, it was because like fifty degrees right. out, and I was like, "Is it too bad?" I mean, with a hoodie, because it. I mean, obviously driving down the road, you know, 40, 40 50 mile an hour, it's gonna cool down. But if you, yeah, uh, do you have a, a windshield for it? I assume. Yeah, I got a windshield for it. Yep. They they yeah, make they make like little soft uh, windows, like kind of like a Jeep would have, like that go on it that, that would for like use in the on the winter time. I thought about eventually yeah. getting a set because obviously if you're riding around anyway and it starts raining, you can throw those on real quick and not get wet and stuff. Right. Yeah, that'll be sweet. That'll be a blast. Cruise around dirt roads. Oh, it's, I mean, even then I could just cruise, kind of, cruise around anywhere now because it's going to have a Monta yeah. Montana license plate. So there's a guy who I work with who lives just, I mean, a few blocks from me. He has an Oklahoma plate on his and, uh, He's he'll be he's been riding like crazy like a car. I mean, getting... so there's somebody um, who parks in a manager spot on the inside of the fence. Yeah, that I see in a side by side in front of my building. I haven't seen it in a while, but there in the summer it was I don't know kind of regular. Yeah, I mean it's. I wonder if it's the same guy because it was an Oklahoma tag on that one. No, because uh, he's in my building. So there's a few people out here. I mean, there's quite a few people out out west Wichita that have it, um, but probably a group of like ten to fifteen people. And then 
this guy was telling me, I guess around here in Hayesville, it's, uh, I think he said there's like four or five guys that all have their stuff tagged. They all, you know, ride around together and stuff. And it'll be, it'll be cool. I mean, it's like a, it was a yeah. car. It's, I don't understand why those slingshots, you know, those little player slingshots are, are legal. I don't know if you know what that is, like little trike looking thing. It's right. like a reverse trike. Yeah. I mean, this, my Can-Am is, you know, full roll cage. It's like, it's way safer. Yeah. yeah. If I was going to get crashed into or crash into something, yeah. yeah, I'd much rather be in a Can-Am than a slingshot. I don't know why when they just don't make them, they just don't I, make them for Unreal. I don't know. They probably change a lot of stuff though, I guess. And I don't know. This, this whole way, I'm fine with this. I did the, uh, the Montana LLC. So in Montana, so I created an LLC in Montana. It's a, it's a asset holding, non, non-revenue generating asset holding LLC. So in Montana, an LLC is considered an entity. So like a person basically. So yeah, I, I was going to do the Oklahoma registration thing because Oklahoma accepts out-of-state registration. The problem with that is Oklahoma does excise tax and a sales tax. And, you know, like here in Kansas, you buy a used vehicle, you take it to the tag office. You say, hey, right. I, I bought this for 500 bucks, you know, and they're going to charge you sales tax on the $500. Well, Oklahoma does that too, but then they charge an excise tax on what they say the vehicle's worth. So I told him, Hey, the side by side, $5,000, you know, and they're like, okay, so you're going to pay this part, you know, 3% of 5,000 for the, you know, that, but then they're like, no, there's an excise tax, which is 3%, what they say it's worth. And they said it was worth, it was like $24,000, which is, I mean, pretty, pretty close. And I'm like, well, fuck. So it's going to cost me like just shy of 1300 bucks. So that's why I waited so long to register it. Well, then the Montana LLC thing is Montana doesn't have, they don't, sorry, they don't have a uh, uh, sales tax or property tax and an LLC in Montana is considered an entity. So if you had like an asshole cop, cause like, so the state of Kansas and most States, you got 60 days to re-register your vehicle in, in the state you're living in. So if you had a real dickhead cop right. and you, had registered your side by side in Oklahoma, and then this cop's like, "Man, I've been noticing. You know, he pulls you over. Hey, I, I, I you know, I've been watching you. You've been living here for three months, and you still haven't re-registered this. You know, you right. could, you would technically have to go re-register it in Kansas. At that point, Kansas doesn't offer anything as far as like you can't drive it on the road. You just pay taxes on it, which is fucking crazy. But um, <laughs> anyway, so the Montana thing." since it's an entity, it's like, I am just driving somebody's vehicle, like a Montana resident. I'm just driving their, their vehicle. If that makes sense. That's why the, that's why that, I guess it works better because then if a cop ever did try to pull some bullshit, you'd be like, well, hold on this LLC. Well, this is actually my it LLC owns Montana, this yeah. and this LLC exists in Montana. So at that point, I'm just basically driving this or borrowing this vehicle from my LLC. I guess you could look, think about it like that. Right. So it's, it's like a semi truck or a work truck. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's more, they can't really do shit about it really. And there's some States that try to fight it, but in the end it's like, well, I can you know, <clears throat> register a car in another state and go drive it around. You can drive that through all 50 States. They, they really can't do anything about it. Well, Montana recognizes this as a car. It's actually a quadricycle is what they call it. But Montana recognizes yeah. it. So it's like you kind of got to recognize it. I'm not worried about it around here. All these guys drive around. I just – it was I was cheaper too. I was, and and I can take now like the uh, the Durango. <clears throat> the property tax on it is going to be – it's like $730 or something like that. Well, yeah. I can sell it to my LLC – and you use this agent and the fees and stuff they charge is going to be 600 bucks. 
then that's just a one-time thing. And then it's going to be like Montana does flat rate fees for vehicles. So if I forget what the state, like the, how it all breaks out, but like, if it's like one to like three years old, it's like 200 bucks a year. And then yeah. if it's like three to whatever five, it drops, it drops down. If once it gets to 10 and a half years, it's like $35 to do a lifetime registration. So nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, and so actually, really, if you were going to buy a new vehicle, it would behoove you to go up to Montana and get it anyway. Well, so yeah. yeah. Well, there yeah. actually, there's two things you could do. So you could just go to Montana and buy it or, and you could buy a new vehicle, but you see, you tell them, Hey, I'm registering this in Montana or you could, yeah. you could, you could do it with any state. So I'm not going to, I'm not paying sales tax right now, right here. I will pay sales tax when I go register it. Well, Montana doesn't charge sales tax. So you wouldn't pay sales tax on it. You can actually do that. Nice. I know guys that have done it through Oklahoma. Like, Hey, I'm not going to register this here. They have a, like, you know, they have houses and stuff down there. Like, Hey, I'm not, I'm, yeah. I live in Oklahoma. I'm actually registering this in Oklahoma. So I'm not going to pay sales tax today, but I'll pay it when I go register it. They, okay, whatever. They don't do nothing about it. So yeah, you would actually save money. So even us with a Durango, 730 bucks now to redo the property taxes on it, or it'd be $600 today to do, to register it through the LLC and everything. And then next year it'd be 200 bucks. So we'd still be money ahead right there. So we're going to, I'm going to switch the drink over. The, our, we got our Jeep and it's, it would be 600 bucks too. And it's old enough to have a lifetime registration. But the problem is it's like the property taxes on the thing. It's like 50 bucks a year. So it's like one, yeah. you know, that wouldn't get like a whole good return there. I guess in my opinion, like, because what if we only keep that Jeep for a few years? Well, that's I'm not going to pay my $600 back. And then my truck's kind of right. the same way. It's only the property tax on it's like 200 bucks. And it's like, well, I'm going to 600 bucks. Then it's going to be like a hundred dollars a year. It's like, so it would take, I have to keep that truck forever to pay that back. So I'll, and I'll probably get rid of that truck in the next like three or four years anyway. So, but at least we'll take the one vehicle down there and we might take our camper yeah. and register it down there too. The cool thing about the side by side is it's a lifetime registration. So, right. That's a, Basically, I just got I just got to keep my LLC up to date, and if you use an agent, then it's like 150 bucks to renew your LLC every every year. If you just do it yourself, it's 20 bucks. So the idea is, the agent comes in handy because obviously I'm not in Montana, so they do everything on my behalf as far as like taking everything to the tag office and getting stuff registered. But if you set it up through one of these places, had them take care of all that, and you weren't ever going to register any new vehicles then you could just get rid of your agent and then you could just go renew it every year. Yeah. But you would, you'd have to, if you wanted to, unless you wanted to fly up there and add something, you could do that. But that would be kind of, I looked it up. It's like a 19 hour drive. And I was like, ah, no, nah, I'm not into that. I'll just pay the 150 bucks a year. <laughs> but right. Yeah. So it's a legal tax evasion, man. And I'm here for it. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's how it should be. Uh, you know, it makes it a mockery of taxes in general. Cause there's always going to be States that, move to undercut you know it's good that that's happening oh yeah absolutely you know it's it's funny we just kind of got into the tax thing because we probably could talk about taxes for hours but i was talking to a guy today and you know people some people still don't realize that like if i was to set up a lemonade stand or a garage sale i have to pay a permit through the city of hayesville and all places do that's just a tax and the guy was like huh right i'm like yeah and like that's why i hate taxes like 
this everything you can't do anything you can't you know put a shed up in your in your backyard you can't go dig a hole you can't do you know there's so much crap you can't do because you know you gotta you gotta have a permit and well that's just a tax is all that is it's so they can get their piece you know if a garage sale well they're not going to make any money off what you're selling well they don't like that so that's why they make you do a damn permit because what yep. is that hurting also got on the subject yeah. about it all started because we were talking about that and talking about like a farmer being able to sell his, you know, his cow directly to me. And it's like, you can't do that actually. Or even vegetables. That's why you have to have to do a farmer's market. Yep. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's amazing. More people don't think in terms of that. Like even, you know, libertarian rant, the whole concept of like, you know, licensing and, and permits and permits to do things to your house and things like that. I mean, there might be some vague level of safety, but a lot of that, stuff exists to keep people out of industries or being able to do things without somebody knowing about it because then there's you know no ability to monopolize an industry or you know skim some tax money off the top yeah yeah it's i mean the the tax thing it's always how can they get their piece of the pie you know they don't want you doing anything where they can't put their finger grubby little fingers in it and grab a little bit too that shit just fucking pisses me off but nope, nope, nope. I don't know, man. You see, you brought up Libertarian Party, and that reminded me of that. Uh, I think it was our buddy. He sent it. He sent us a text the other day, and it was like I was I was cracking up because it was like Libertarian Libertarian Party Party of uh, Louisiana. I'm gonna I'm gonna go find that picture, and then it was a Libertarian Party of uh, New Hampshire, and it was a tweet, and in that tweet, okay, here it is. So it was Libertarian Party of Louisiana. It said it has this picture of like a drag queen in a tank at a church, and it says Libertarians support all of your freedoms all of the time without regard to your religion, race, country of origin, sexual orientation, gender, or sex. Whether it's taxation or trans rights, bodily autonomy, or open national borders, be consistently libertarian. And then, it, like in the picture, it says we support the right of drag queens to protect uh, to protect Ukrainian churches using tanks. And then the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire is like, we totally support you assholes going to Ukraine and drag and trying to step foot in a Christian church. Please live stream it. And it's like, that is like the most libertarian shit I've right. <laughs> The fucking party cannot get along with itself. And I, it's like, no, I mean, no. And that's why the Libertarian Party will never hold any sort of power, like on a, like a presidential level. I mean, yeah, you might once in a while might get a governor, you know, who's a libertarian, but. I mean, that's about, yeah. that's about it. It's it just cracks me up. No, like, there's a there's another libertarian meme that I like, and it's just two figures, and you know, and they're they're looking at each other, and it says, "Just because we're on the same team doesn't mean we're not enemies." Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. That's pretty much exactly it. It's so funny, but um, but it, it's that whole culture thing, right? Like the the sort of raw libertarianism kind of puts everything in a vacuum of uh, I don't know. Maybe you could just call it. This is the wrong terminology, but you know, mutual respect. And, but that doesn't really work well in culture where people do have differences and look down on certain things. And there are some things that are objectively not as useful or not as functional or not good compared to other things. And that's where it all falls apart. And I think like the libertarian party, New Hampshire, and, you know, kind of, I, I don't know, maybe some more of the Dave Smith leaning type libertarian stuff are, are figuring that out. Yeah, they are. We really can't have this giant fucking free-for-all or it's never going to work. No, I mean, I think it, you can't. You can't. And you know, I've had this discussion with actually just another guy the other day, too, kind of along these same lines. And people are fucking inherently 
assholes, man. Like, yeah, so much. if you if you have just a free for all, people are always going to do what's in their best self interest. Like, and and they don't care about anybody else. And 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 then, and I I I also fight with myself on this argument because you know, like when you start thinking about just the collective and the greater good and stuff, and you quit focus on individualism, it's like, well, then you get fucking socialism, and it's like, well, I'm not trying to say that, but it's at the same time, it's like we can't just be out for ourselves a hundred percent all of the time because we'll never go anywhere. And then especially because libertarians are like this and it's like, well, again, you guys are never, ever going to hold any sort of power on a meaningful level because you guys can't get out of your own way. It's just. Yep. That's fact. So on that note, politics, uh, I don't know if you saw today in the news, Hillary Clinton, made a comment she's talking about trump supporters and you know people being in the cult which i I maybe don't necessarily disagree with the cult you know if we're gonna get really nitty-gritty but she said we need to have like formal deprogramming which is you know kind of classic concentration camp holy you know and so that's always been kind of the joke especially the last 10 years you know off to the gulag or whatever and i'll be damned that's starting to enter the lingo you know people you know, wondering what does that look like? Do we need to do something? Do we need to put people somewhere? And I just what popped in my head is the, uh, you know, the people that have been arrested and put in prison for oh, like January sixth, January 6th, yeah, you know, yeah. where they've been in jail for two years or more in solitary confinement. People you know, awaiting a what, trial for a misdemeanor charge. You know, yeah, that's a gulag. What about a guy who you know got twenty years for not even being there? The head of the proud right. boys, dude. Yeah, like, that is crazy. That's bananas. I mean, it is bananas. Dude wasn't even there at there at all, and he got twenty fucking years. It's like, ah. well, about- and I, you know, even to go to spin off of that. I mean, it's it's getting terrifying. I mean, even even the the Trump Mar-a-Lago stuff, where a judge just says, "Yeah, that property couldn't have been worth more than you know twenty million or whatever." Oh, outrageous! When, you know, I, I, I think mean, like you're kidding me. There's like empty lots that are you know. A, fifth of the size adjacent that are selling for more than that. How big is and, Mar-a-Lago? Uh, How many acres is Mar-a-Lago? I think it's just under 20. It's like 17 and a half or pretty close to 20, you know? And then, yeah, it's got the huge McMansion on it with like a hundred bazillion rooms. Yeah, there is just absolutely no way that yeah, Mar-a-Lago is 17 acres just from this palmbeachpost.com. No, yeah. no way is 17 acres. I mean, yeah, a 17 acres where it's located is worth oceanfront property in Florida. Yeah. Right. Absolutely not. I mean, Trump's probably not crazy when he says it's worth a billion dollars. I mean, it's right. It's, it's a large chunk of land on the ocean. It, we're living yeah. in a banana Republic, man. I mean, that's, you know, and then to even go, um, you know, another step beyond that, you know, the other day, the, uh, Mayorkas is his last name. I forget what exactly his position. He's like the, border security head guy or whatever immigration policy, the Biden administration. Yeah. Um, you know, he flat out says, Hey, we need a physical barrier, right? We need a border wall. Uh, and everybody's like, Holy shit. They flipped. They're saying we need a border wall. Well, he comes out today. Oh, people are taking me out of context. So he got the smack down from whoever's above him to walk it back. But it, it's such a bogus and disingenuous, like non-apology yeah. that it's like they, people, they either just don't pay attention at all or, People just eat that up, but it's it's a us versus them kind of world, right? It gets back to that yeah. whole like there's a group of people out there that reality could slap them in the face and they they just won't see it. Like it doesn't compute in their head. And well, I don't know what it would take to shake it, people awake. There's people like that because it's just so much easier to be told what to do. 
I mean, yeah. you know, your your team is like, hey, this is this is the right thing, and this is this, and you're you're a bad man if you voted for Trump, and it's just like it's NPCs, man. That, that they're all they all got to be told what to do, and they're just like, I don't know. There's no thought. There's no level of critical thinking for a lot of these people, and they yeah. And you know, there's people on the right that are like that too. It's not just it's not just people on the left. I mean. I'm probably kind of biased and think there's more people on the left, but I know pre- plenty of people who are on the right. Well, they, and they can, I want, they consider themselves Republicans or whatever, but then you ask them anything political and it's like, they're just kind of like, oh, I don't really like to get into it, you know? And it's like, right. well, I mean, why? Yeah. Like, that I think there's a lot of those people and I, I kind of put them default on the left just because I think culture kind of sure. tends to go that way in my opinion. Yeah. So if they're not actively being pushed or, dragged over to the right or put in that situation they'll, they'll just kind of best case they're apathetic they just don't do anything but you know you might as well yeah. be on the left best case right because you just allow the, the whatever the force is and the force is on the left oh well, yeah and then well they, they put this person in office so i'm just going to go ahead and vote for my team again right yeah. uh, it's i just oh man i have a, I have a big heartache with people that I don't, I'm not saying everybody needs to be like a thousand percent into politics. And sometimes I probably get carried away myself by consuming myself. Sure. With it. But at the same time, it's like, man, the shit that's going on in the world today is like affecting our everyday lives. And if it doesn't affect your life right away, then man, like it will come down and one day affect you. And by that time, it's oh, yeah. too, it's too fucking late. And I mean, the, the COVID thing, you know, I mean, yeah. I, we were just one port decision away from basically getting kicked out of the job for not taking a vaccine that, didn't fucking do anything and if anything you know it made things worse cause problems for you than the actual disease that wasn't a big deal on its own i mean they they tried to do that shit right and how many businesses got closed and even the company we work for i mean arguably a lot of the shitty situation that they're in right now is because of the giant lull for two years over covid of you know shitting all over travel and manufacturing and people got lazy yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to take a decade, I think, to to everything to get dragged out of the mess that was created. You know, kind of change the subject. Um, talked to a, a actually, I did a podcast with a a guy I work with here just a while back, uh, a couple weeks ago, and one thing we talked about he he has this thought, and it, it it's in the manufacturing environment we work in, like. People getting lazy. The workforce is. I mean, since since I hired in, since you hired in, you can you can just see mm-hmm. like it's a there's a big a big decline on yeah. how hard people will actually work in this world. Let me think about aliens. Like, like the typical flying saucer, right? It's the pictures we've seen and like maybe even like shitty video and stuff. It's all kind of just like some seamless like little you know disc looking thing, right? There's not you look you look at the the stuff we build and it's riveted, you know, and there's you can right. see, you can see it's not, it's not some one, just one, you know, piece of metal or, you know, a couple pieces of metal put together and like welded together or whatever. So it goes to the, like the, his idea was if there is some sort of advanced civilization, did, did, it, did it come down to where there, there are people that were in the manufacturing world, they got so lazy that those manufacturers had to adapt to the, to the people that they had to that skill of people, you know, to where eventually you make things where it's just pretty much robots welding pieces of metal together. Ah, just kind of an, well, an interesting I, thought. I think so. And, you know, the irony there is, um, you know, there's lots of good reasons to have a robot, you know, you know, doing the welding, for example, yeah. and things like that. But as the people get shittier, 
and even the shitty people, there's less and less and less of them, right? It's harder and harder and harder to find people to do any kind of work, let alone do it well. Yeah. There's more of a demand for, well, I got to have a machine that can do this now. And yeah, that's, that's an interesting nexus. Yeah. Yeah. How much of the robot is necessity and how much of it is cost. Right. I think that, I mean, so just for the stuff that we build, I mean, I would think there's a, there's gotta be a point in time where I don't think we can continue down the path we're going for another 10 or 15 years because no, I don't think so. The, you might find like maybe like one in 20 people that are like those hard workers. And, you know, I, I talked to some of these older, older guys and they're like, we got to go back to the way things used to be. And it's like, that's not happening, dude. Like, right. Trust me. I want to go back and live in 1950. It's not going to fucking happen. I mean, it's just, yeah. You know, and that you get, things things are things are not going to be that where guys go into work every day and they grind their ass and they work twelve hours a day every day and they love the love the overtime and they love. I mean, I think a big part of that is uh, like um, uh, people like to you know back in the day they wanted to buy shit they wanted to have materialistic things they wanted to have the nice house they wanted to have the nice car and, and there's still people like that in this world but I feel like there's more and more people where they don't really care quite about it. they'd rather have go have experiences save up a little bit of yes. money and, and go to Greece for you know a month instead of having right. you know having the brand new car I, I know plenty of people they drive shit boxes and they don't yeah. care they do they're just like eh, it gets me to work it gets me to go grocery store gets me to the bar I don't give a fuck and so the I guess the want and the need for all that overtime to buy all that shit is no longer there. So those guys aren't there grinding and working their asses off and working twelve hours yeah. a day and working every weekend. You know, just you to know, get- I'll, I'll add another layer too that you know other things that don't get discussed is like in our generation, there's uh, the divorce rate is a lot lower, right? And I would say that that's a positive. I mean, I think that's objectively good. And I think mm-hmm. you know some of the people like you know there's a lot of people come in. Oh, I don't want to work second shift, or you know they'll come in and then they get on second shift they'll stick it out for six months and they leave yeah Uh, i I get that you know somebody you know with even just one kid at home i wouldn't like sign myself up to just be absent all the time and then the overtime kind of falls into the same category right if i'm working every saturday i'm missing all the soccer games and stuff like that and sure there's money and you know the money allows you to do other things and have some toys and maybe take another vacation or whatever but you can't replace the time that you're not there and i think yeah. The value has shifted. You know, people are like, screw you, give me my time. And my time is worth more than, you know, the hundred bucks an hour or whatever the number is that, that you're going to get offered to go work. And, you know, the other one is, I, I think, you know, like back in the day, you know, like uh, Beechcraft is an example, you know, when it was still owned by the Beach family, right? Um, th- there's some loyalty there between mm-hmm. the, the company and like the people and, the way things go and you know, once the megacorps come in, you know, the, the Raytheons and the Boeings and the McDonald Douglas, whatever, it, there's no loyalty there. I mean, you really are just a number. I mean, when push comes to shove, you're out yeah. the door just as quick as the other person without any say or give a shit or whatever. It doesn't matter if you were better than the next guy. It's just, there's no loyalty. So why should another generation of kids show any loyalty to that company? That's just going to, well, in the system, like cattle, yeah, exactly. Try to pander with all the diversity crap and act like, oh, we care when it's really just <laughs> ticking a box, you know. And this whole thing was designed for for people not to be loyal. And I have this conversation with people at work all the time: is companies used to, uh, they used to 
like they wanted loyal employees, people that stuck stuck around for you know twenty thirty years. Yeah, and they got a pension and they're, they're they got they got you know like raises and stuff and all that is gone. Like there, yeah, co- companies when when someone sticks around for more than three years, companies know that there's a chance of that person actually leaving is 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 much lower. So you have your you have your new guy who's an ace and been there for a year and man, this guy's doing a really good job. They're going to offer him more money than they're going to offer a five-year employee because that five-year employee most likely is, 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 is settled. He's happy where he's at. He's not going to go anywhere. Meanwhile, you got this new guy. He's a bit of a flight risk, but the longer that new guy stays around, the less money he makes. So there is no incentive. That's why people, you got to like every few years, people, especially in the the world where we work in more salary, it's beneficial to go out and see what is out there. There is no incentive to fucking stay around. The problem is in in these manufacturing worlds, you lose a lot of knowledge on that kind of stuff. Because oh, yeah. every few Big years time. you're getting new people in. So as soon as another person after a few years learns all this stuff, then he's gone. Then it's starting right back over. And it's like incentivize people to stay at companies again. There used to be a time yeah. when people would, they they, they wanted to stay because the company appreciated who they were. But then you've got these companies and everything has become a, you know, publicly traded companies with these investors and stuff. And they don't care about the employees anymore. Like you said, they're just a number. And the only thing they care about is how much money are they, is, how much money is the stock worth? Oh, damn, we already got to start over. Holy shit. You know, how much money is, yeah, I'll edit that out. How much money is the stock worth? How much money are the investors making? You know, so they don't really, they don't really care. Um, It's it's wild. Go ahead. It makes me think of the the moon landing, you know, like the big conspiracy, you know, what what happened to all that technology? We just, we just lost it. And, you know, in, in the context of like what we're talking about now, just manufacturing, dude, all that knowledge is out the door. And as soon as that equipment, you know, that tooling or that jig or that machine or whatever isn't being used for that purpose, it's getting torn apart and rebuilt into something else. Or, you know, that tooling that's made of, you know, invar or something exotic or stainless steel or whatever, it's yeah. getting melted down and turned into something else. That shit ain't sticking around. No. You know, that guy that figured out how to how to put these two things together really well without screwing it up, he's off onto bigger and better things. And yeah. most, a lot of that stuff, and we see it even right where we're at, you know, that, that's not like codified and written down in some process that's something that a group of individuals figured out and solved problems on their own and when those people left that knowledge went out the door with them yeah so absolutely i can believe that we couldn't build something like that today. i mean hell we couldn't even restart building the f-22 raptor right at lockheed you know just a mere 20 25 years after they quit you know because the the startup cost of doing it and figuring anything out and building tools again would have been prohibitive um yeah, manufacturing is tough, and it, it's not getting any easier. You know, I, I read an article the other day, um, a guy talking about manufacturing in China, and he was kind of arguing that, you know, China's success in manufacturing really doesn't have anything to do with, like, you know, low wages or, you know, slavery or whatever. That's kind of just what we tell ourselves in America to make ourselves feel better. But the reality is they don't have all the red tape kind of stuff over there, and their corporate culture doesn't have all the kind of the built-in hurdles like you know, how many times out where we're at, have you been in a meeting where the end result of the meeting is that you schedule another meeting? Oh, God, or every the an- time. The answer to a problem is just, you know, one person, oh, well, I'm the roadblock. So I guess just let me send an email. Let me make a phone call. And then you spend, you know, weeks or months or however long just round the robin because nobody knows who actually gets to pull the trigger or a director has to go to finance and finance has to go to somebody else and somebody else needs a form and the form has to get signed by this guy and that guy. Then you have to justify Then you got to produce a PowerPoint. It's like, Oh my God, it's $2,000 and I have a credit card. Just let me buy it. Like there's, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a, just 
bananas, stuff like that. You know, you spend six figures plus, you know, in meetings, just circle jerking about a problem and, you know, never actually doing anything about it. And, you know, people who could fix problems, right? Like, you know, you, for example, you worked out on the shop. I'm sure there's lots of things you could just, you could just do it. Like just, you know, fuck it. Oh, Give absolutely. me the thing and I'll do it. Uh-huh. But, but you can't do it, right? Because the right. way everything is set up, you know, you're not allowed to do that. You've got to go and, uh, yeah, they don't do it like that in China. And, and you know, their ability to introduce new materials and, and new processes and, and change things is way smoother and more efficient. You know, in this article, he kind of breaks a lot of that down. And uh, that was kind of eye-opening to me because I, I see a lot of the the pitfalls out at where, where we're at, you know, and it's like we're building less of these things now than we were, you know, five, ten years ago and having more problems doing it. You know, you think things would be getting better, but they're not. They're going backwards fast. Yes, very fast. You got to have a lot of people, too, that uh, all got to want to justify their jobs, too. And and we've got too many of those kind of people from all these different organizations, highest levels of the company to the lower levels of the company. It is insane how much fat it has right now and then like you, when, oh, you, yeah. when you said the meeting the schedule is just another meeting that's so common and you got these people and they want to do their own little side project and they got to go do this before they can come back to this main project and they got it and this guy's got to go do this and they got it it's just holy shit nothing ever gets done it's actually yeah. not like the federal government was kind of designed you know to be really fucking slow and nothing ever happened but the problem is it's not supposed to be like that in corporate america Sure. Well, I mean, think about it like this. There's, you know, one business group out there that, you know, had one VP for a while, right? Yeah. And then, okay, there's a bunch of issues. So we're going to add ultimately two more VPs, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you would think that, okay, well, if I do my math, that means there's th- there was one and now there's three. So are they all making, you know, if there's one pot of money, did that money get split up into thirds? No, absolutely not. Oh, no. no. They're all making the same or more yeah. than what they were to do less work individually is what existed before. And then that just gets multiplied and multiplied and multiplied yeah. because the only solution for corporate America is to just dump more piles of money on it. Right. Cause there's nobody out there who's a problem solver. It's just like, Oh my God, what do I do to make this go away? Oh, there has to be 10 more meetings and a PowerPoint and this guy and that guy, and everybody's out to justify their own job and pat themselves on the back. There's a, there was a really good article about the time when Musk bought Twitter and they, they referred to that as the Parkinson uh, effect and you know he he used Twitter as an example because it was a place that had you know I don't know let's say they had ten thousand employees and then it got cut down to a thousand yeah. but it never went offline never had any problems it never slowed down in fact they've been adding features and you know had some of their busiest days since then and for the first time I think is um, positive cash flow and might even be profitable you <laughs> know in a very short period of time and yeah. it's just. But, you know, it gets back to that whole private thing. You know, it's 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 the Musk owns it, right? It's like if Beechcraft is owned by Walter Beach. It's different than when the corporate overlords take over and just it just runs into the cesspool. The, in the end of the day, they don't they don't care about anybody's they don't care about the, the, the employees. You know, there was that documentary that was on uh, it's still on Netflix and it was about Boeing. I can't remember the name of it. It was about the uh, McDonnell Douglas used Boeing money to buy Boeing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh and they were, and you, like they interviewed people, and they're like, you could visit, they could tell, you know, like when it was Boeing, they cared about their people, you know, and, and then they could just tell, like once it, yeah, you know, basically overnight, they don't care about the people anymore, and it's only about, you know, right, what's the stock price, in the end. yeah, and, you know, even even in our kind of current situation, that is having an effect because 
you know, one of the reasons where we ended up ended up being what it is was to appease stockholders. And, you know, that ended uh-huh. up kind of being in the first thing of, well, this is going to go badly. And then, you know, fast forward down the road and it's, you know, a whole shit show for Boeing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, even just that kind of whole, just the way kind of executive board of director, stock market guy culture is, I don't think it's sustainable. I don't know what the answer is. And I'm, you know, this, this is going to sound kind of communist, but like there was that article about, uh, you know, Boeing trying to get more people to go back to the office. And then, so the article just pointed out that like, you know, the CEO flies on his private jet from his mansion in like South Carolina to the headquarters he had built in Virginia. And then when he leaves work, he flies from Virginia to his mansion in Rhode Island. And then like the COO, they just built him a private office, you know, a block from his house in Connecticut or whatever, so that he doesn't actually have to go into the office and you know all the while these guys are making tons of money and i'm not necessarily against the guys making tons of money i mean he's a ceo of one of the biggest planets on big of the biggest companies in the planet right i mean i, I get oh. that but at the same time i don't know how people could be on a board where you would want a healthy company and think that these are things that are going to make a place you know healthier but the incentive there isn't to have necessarily a healthy company it's to get as much money as you can as quickly as you can and move on which a lot of times comes at the expense of the longevity or the you know health of the company because it's just about scraping off the top and then so like even when these guys fuck up or make huge mistakes you know they get these massive golden parachutes on the way out oh my gosh and then dude. they just go and get picked up somewhere else dude i was reading and i don't there's no way that that like, how can anybody look at that over a long period of time? Because, you know, we can't pretend like it's always been like this. We're just, we're talking like, this is the post-World War II. I mean, this has only been like a 50, 60, 70 year experiment, really, that it's been to the scale that it is now. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. It's just some, something's going to have to change. You yeah. know, like even even the, the United, uh, the auto worker strike, you know, everybody was freaking out. Oh, they want this huge raise. Well, I mean. I, on paper, yeah, that sounds crazy, but you spread it over the life of the contract and then given inflation and then the fact that, uh, you know, General Motors made like a record profit the year before and it was in a shit year, you know, post COVID even. I mean, the money's there. It's either, you know, the, the owner, you know, the football owner is taking it or the players are getting a piece, right? So, yeah, you know, what's the balance there supposed to be? And that's a conversation I think that, that needs to well, be had because a lot of these people at the top, their main interest is scalping off the top and moving on. Well, it goes back to just thinking about yourself. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's not, they don't care about anything, anything but themselves and the individual. And again, I'm, I, I, I'm all about individualism, I guess, to a certain extent, because if you don't have individualism and just focus solely on the, you know, the society, then you end up with a, communist place and it doesn't fucking end yeah. well but no what i was going to say is it's 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 kind of that uh, the mentality of managers versus uh, leaders and you, you're yeah. talking about like well they're wanting everybody to go back to the office but you know they're not actually going to the office themselves you know they're they're right. you know built a, an office you know a block away from his, his mansion and it's like well that you know a real leader goes if they're going to do the same thing they were making their people go do they're in they're right. in it they're, and they're those none of these people are none of these people in any of these roles in any of these corporations are actual leaders and it actually yeah. drives me up the wall because in our place we call it the executive leadership team it's like no it's the executive management team quit calling right. them the fucking executive leadership team because none of these people are actual leaders 
they're not they're not out there you know hey we can't ship this this you know product and we're gonna be out there and with you guys you know until we get it done if it takes 15 hours no they fucking after eight hours they go home and they make everyone you know the lowlies that you know under beneath them go fucking work you know you know 18 hours of that day to go get that thing put out the door and it's like that's not a fucking leader that's a manager and it's not even a good manager it's a again they're just there to scrape off the top and yeah. Look out yeah. for themselves and hopefully they can hold on as long as they can is make as much money as they can. And then when they do finally get the shit can, you know, they get a big ass fucking payout. And, you know, our, our CEO at the, where we work at, you know, he just, you know, he got, he got fired. That's how that works. He, he resigned, you know, it's quote unquote right. resigned. That's how that works in big, these big corporations. But he got, a, it just fucking made me laugh. He got a year of dental and, and, uh, and health insurance. And I'm just like, right. what this dude, made 11 million dollars last year on a salary right (laughs) he got a but he got a year of free dental and like what i just it just fucking kind of blew my mind like this dude can fucking pay for his own fucking health insurance you know i just but he got that he got like a million and a half dollars he's getting like 50 grand i think per month or some something wild like that to hang on for another you know six months as a consultant or something wild and it's like damn this dude's rich as fucking He's still getting a big payout for sucking. I mean, yeah, you know, and then you broader, you you back out and you look at, okay, well, who makes up the board of directors at a lot of these companies or whatever? And it, it's a revolving door. Yeah, it's the same fucking people at all these places, multiple companies and multiple funds, and it, you know, it's it's just an inside baseball circle jerk. Well, and it's all you know, Vanguard and BlackRock too. Yeah, I mean, th- those same people are the same ones sitting at all these boards, the same right. ones that are in control. That, you know looking out for how much money can they make? You know, it's, it's like the, uh, this is going to be trying to take a turn here, but like the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey thing, it's all about sure. making money and people are, 100%. people are caught up in this thing. Like, Oh, you Travis, they love each other. And not, and it's like, no, it's not. You guys are crazy. Right. If you think that there's actually, they, they're smart and well, but they're rich. They, why, they why, why would they the care? PR firm. And so, yeah. you know, what can we do to get more women to watch in particular? Yeah. Back in Taylor Swift. Well, yeah, absolutely, and it's uh, well, a lot. I, I keep hearing the argument. Well, that, that she's already rich. She doesn't. Why would she need more money? Because it's addicting. Yeah. Rich people want to stay rich and keep getting richer. What well, you, and then the clout, you know, feels good to be on. Oh, I'm the, I'm the everybody's here for me. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. And then there's a bunch of people that make money off of those people, right? Yeah, yes. So there's. You know, even if they're being kind, there's an incentive for them to go out there and do it because there's 50 other people that get rich out of them just being there. Yes, yes. Rich people want to be rich. They want to get richer. Yeah. I haven't really watched a whole Chiefs game yet this year from start to finish. It's frustrating. So, you know, you go from the team who just won the Super Bowl to, I mean, they played the Jets last weekend and, it was garbage. They yeah. barely, I mean, the first quarter, it was like 17 to nothing. And it was like, I mean, they were just stomping the Jets in the dirt. And then it's like the, the different team came out in the second quarter. And then, I mean, the Jets came back and it was tied at, at one point. And, I mean, the Chiefs barely pulled it off at the very end of the game. And it's like, what? I mean, Chiefs are always, they kind of been that team, even with like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and, you know, they had, they had a uh, you know uh, Tyreek Hill and he, it just these last you know like you know four or five years they've had some really good players yeah. and uh, 
even on the defense and stuff. And like they, they've just sometimes it's like they just play well enough to win. And it's like, right. good lord, you guys have like all these opportunities to like to do a complete blowout, and then you go you play the Jets. Their fucking star quarterback, the number one player on their team, just tore his like whatever Achilles or his ACL or whatever. He's out. Yeah. That's they have a decent defense, but I mean, they're they're done. Like and. and Right. You guys proved it's like they they did so well last week, and they just kind of like, uh, you know, we're doing so well. Like they thought they had the win, you know, after the first quarter. It's like, no, guys, there's a lot of football game left. Like, I don't know. They play the Vikings tomorrow, so that'll that'll be interesting. I mean, Vikings aren't necessarily yeah. a strong team by any means, but I mean, who knows? It's the Chiefs. They anything's possible. You know, they lost to the Lions in the fucking what second game of the season, and it's like, God, right. bless. Like, what are you guys doing? It's the Lions. I mean, Lions aren't terrible like they, they were a couple of years ago, but they're the Chiefs are supposed to be better. They just won the damn Super Bowl, you know, and they got a lot of really good players still. Right. <coughs> it's been hard for me to get back into it. You know, I was so used to there for years. I mean, right before they had shit all the way back to Todd Haley. I mean, we went to a game sometimes two or three every year. Yeah. Up until, and then that first year they went to the Super Bowl, I think I went to two games that year. And then, uh, uh, well, they, they, whatever year, whatever year COVID was, you know, when they severely limited the, you know, available tickets, you know, and then, you know, obviously prices have gone way up since they've gone to Super Bowl, and I'm, I'm too poor. Oh, <laughs> hey man, paying that much to go. We, we I went. still like to do it. I mean, I almost did this year just because fuck it, but I, I don't know. I, I got so used to going in person, and, and it's just kind of a whole different experience, and it made me more excited to watch the games and stuff, I guess. And sure. It's just kind of took some of the wind out of, out of my sails. I mean, I still have it on. I still follow it, but it's been harder for me to get as into it as I guess what I was. Well, and you know, one thing too is uh, they made it so political a few years ago. I mean, yeah, it's like all definitely part of it too. And now, you know, the politics is still there, but now it's the, the commercialized stuff like Taylor Swift stuff. You know, it's, it's like going to a casino or, or going and, in a place where there's just advertisements everywhere. You know, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh. Well, and if you notice, there's always a black lady singing the national anthem. Yeah. Always. Or a black guy. And it's like, I don't give a fuck who sings it, but the, we, we know we know what you're doing because you guys made such a big deal about it three years ago or whatever. And yeah. then, and, 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 uh, I don't know. I, I still watch every Chiefs game. Um, we watch a lot of football in our house. But... uh I did get tired and tired of shit of all this Taylor Swift stuff and all the political stuff. And I just, I don't know. Can't we just be like Rome and just watch the gladiators fight each other? Why do we got to get all the other? Every time I watch a football game, I actually think about that. Cause like even some of these stadiums, they look like the Coliseum. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, and then you realize how many of them we have and how huge they are and how much more wildly monstrous and wealthy are civilization is compared to theirs it's crazy yeah. and they have like a handful you know shit we've got every major city it's got somewhere that can seat twenty thousand plus yeah it's wild yeah it's crazy but anywho well working in the morning yeah i gotta go in and uh, it's we try to switch weekends there was last weekend i had off <clears throat> i actually worked two weekends in a row for this guy and then uh I was going to work two weekends and it's going to take two weekends off. And yeah, but then I'm taking off vacation for next week and it just wasn't going to work out. And I was like, ah, fuck, I'll just, 
just work this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I, I'm only working a Saturday. We actually cut Sundays out in our area, which has been great. Sure. Yeah. All right, man. I'm gonna hang this up and go to yep. bed. So. All right. Sounds talk. good. Yeah. Talk to you later. See ya.